How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, we're talking about some UB football, a Bills Dolphins preview for this weekend's game. We'll be talking about what's going to happen with the Buffalo Sabres once all their defensemen get fully healthy, and then which start between the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills is more encouraging. So, starting things off, we're going to be talking about some UB football. Um, they're 2 and 4 on the season so far. 2-1 record at home, they're 0-3 on the road, and right now they are 0-2 in the conference. They have a game today versus Akron on the road. Um, pretty important game if UB wants a chance to compete for a MAC title. Um, Akron's 0-6 and, and they're 0-2 in the MAC, so this is a pretty important game for UB. Chance to go and you don't want to lose to a team that hasn't won a game yet. Um, they're coming off of a 21-20 heartbreaking loss at home against Ohio. Um, in overtime, the Bulls missed their extra point after they scored a touchdown, and then Ohio scored and kicked the extra point and won the game. Um, Kyle Van Tees actually started that game instead of Matt Myers, who um, is from West Seneca, and he started all the other games for UB, but he got hurt. Um, and the sophomore Van Tees went 16 of 23 for 197 yards and two touchdowns including another one on the ground rushing so he had a very strong game and you have to wonder um if there's going to be a little bit of a quarterback controversy um I believe Antiz is starting again today because Myers is still out um Myers definitely wasn't playing awful um in UB's first five games but he wasn't playing great he was only completing 46.6 percent of his passes six touchdowns four interceptions um they have faced some tough opponents so far um, they did play ranked Penn State on the road um, earlier in the season. He f performed pretty well in that game. It's been interesting to see how he plays today, um, and we don't know how long it's going to be before Myers comes back. Um, Buffalo's actually never won a game at Akron's new stadium. They're 0-3 there. Um, so interesting to see if UB can pick up a win on the road today. And as I mentioned before, um, they haven't won a road game yet uh, this season either. Um, they do have a great running back duo, UB, though. I think they might have the best running backs in the MAC conference, in my opinion, um, between Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks. Um, Patterson, 598 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry, 99.6 yards per game. And then Kevin Marks, 532 yards, uh, two touchdowns this year, 4.9 yards per carry, and... 88.6 yards per game so they're almost getting 200 yards per game on the ground so that's definitely a good one two running back punch that the bulls are going to have to rely on going forward in the season they face a lot of good teams coming forward a lot of teams that are ahead of them right now in the conference including bowling green central michigan who's in the other side um in the west part of the mac conference um so definitely an interesting interesting season for the bulls so far very young team. Um, I think there's a lot of promise for the future, and it'll be interesting to see how they uh, do the rest of the season. And I think it's very important for them to get a win today on the road to Akron if they want to have any chance of competing in the MAC. They're only one game back of second place um, in the east part of the conference, and I expect them to get Antonio Nunn, um, one of their star wide receivers, the ball a lot today. First, Akron really established that passing game that's considering they have a very strong um, run game start the season. But I think they'll get a win today on the road at Akron. I think Buffalo's a really well-coached team. 
Um, and I think it's going to be a turning point in the season for them, and I think they're going to be turning in the right direction coming forward here. Um, so now switching over to Bills-Dolphins, give you a preview of that game. So the Bills are coming off a bye week. They're 4-1 to start the season. Um, they have three straight home games coming up where the Dolphins are 0-5. They're coming off a 17-16 loss to the Washington Redskins in which they brought in Fitzmagic at the end of the game when Rosen was really struggling. Uh, Fitzpatrick threw a touchdown to essentially have a have a chance at extra point to tie the game. They elected to go for two, um, and they did not get it. They started to throw a wide receiver screen pass and ended up getting dropped by, I believe, Kenyon Drake. Um, so uh, quarterback play has really been a problem for the Dolphins this year between Fitzpatrick and Rosen. They have a combined three touchdowns and nine interceptions, and Kenyon Drake only has 153 rushing yards on the season through five games. Um, they're 31st in the NFL in yards per game, 31st in passing, 31st in rushing. They're the 32nd defense in the NFL, 26th first to pass, 31st first to run. Um, but the Dolphins don't have anything to lose. It's a rivalry game. Um, this should be an easy win for the Bills, um, in my opinion, and probably a lot of other people in Buffalo's opinions. Um, but at the same time, I think McDermott's done a really good job um, keeping the team even tone and making them realize that you can't just go in this game expecting to win, that um, at the end of the day they're still an NFL team um, and they have to go in and handle their business and come out 5-1. and one. These are the games that the Bills need to win um, in convincing fashion, in my opinion, if they want to establish themselves as being a powerhouse in the AFC and have any chance at making the playoffs. Um, they're in a really good spot right now. They have a very favorable schedule going forward. Um, there's really no reason this team can't make the playoffs. Um, it's just a matter of you have to win the games you're supposed to win and then just show the other teams that normally maybe you wouldn't beat that you're this, not the same team anymore. Um, and I think they're going to have a good chance to do that coming up, especially against the Eagles, um, even a team like the Broncos, um, and then obviously the Cowboys, Browns, Patriots, Ravens down the stretch. Um Personally, I think I'd rather have the Bills be facing Josh Rosen than Ryan Fitzpatrick, only because Fitzpatrick has that ability where, for some reason, once every five, six games, he just decides to go bonkers on the field, and he ends up throwing for 400 yards and like four or five touchdowns and just has unreal games. Um, the Bills' pass defense is one of the best in the NFL. Um, I think the Bills personally have the best defense in the NFL, from top to bottom, I think Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer don't get nearly enough credit that they deserve. Um, I think they're the best safety tandem in the NFL. Um, I know the Ravens have another good one also um, with Earl Thomas there. But um, I just think they're very consistent. Um, they throw a lot of different looks at quarterbacks, and it makes it hard for them to read what coverage they're in when they start plays. Um, I think Tredavious White's getting a lot of the credit he deserves. Um, he he started the year a little bit up and down. He struggled to start the year. Not that he was playing bad, but I think he knew he had a higher gear that he could get into. And most recently, he's been playing some tremendous football, especially since the Cincinnati game where he had the two interceptions. Um, I think Levi Wallace having a great year. Same with Kevin Johnson. And I think now that Teron Johnson's back and fully healthy, that just adds another dimension to the Bills' secondary, having a guy that can cover those slot receivers. Even Saran Neal and Dean Marlowe have done an excellent job filling in while he's been out, and they're both great on the special teams as well. 
Um, this is a really big game, I think, for Josh Allen to get him going. Um, I think it's really important to stress to Josh not to do too much um, in this game, but also make sure that he takes advantage of what the defense is giving him. Like I said before, 32nd overall in defense. So this is a big game for Allen to really build some momentum for himself going into this home stretch of games, especially when you're facing a good team like the Eagles coming up, even though their secondary is pretty banged up as well. Um, I think it's important for Allen to at least throw for 250 yards in this game, two touchdowns. And the biggest thing I want to see from Allen is no turnovers. Um, I like Josh Allen a lot. My biggest pet peeve with him and it's so frustrating to watch because he makes three to four throws every game that you're like, wow, maybe there's three to five quarterbacks in the NFL that can make that throw. But he just always makes those one to two passes. He tries to be Superman and extend plays, throws across his body, tries to force a ball with just his pure arm strength, um, and it gets picked off. And he's been having those turnovers every single game. Um, and going down the stretch and you're facing the Eagles, the Patriots, the Ravens, um, that's going to lose you games. I know our defense has been great so far and been able to recover for Allen's mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. But as we saw against the Patriots and against better teams, it's not going to work. Um, not to give credit, uh, to take away any credit from the Bills of beating their other opponents, but they haven't really faced um, a star-studded team besides the Patriots. Um, I think, obviously, you saw with the Jets when Darnold's playing, he, uh, the Jets are a lot better team than they were when Luke Falk was playing. Um so obviously that first road win was big, but being the Giants, Bengals, um, Tennessee was a good win just because I think Tennessee's a tough place to play, but I think that team's overrated. Mark Schmerer always got benched for Tannehill. That says a lot about that, but um, I just think this is an important game um, for Brian Dable to get Allen going through the air. And then it'll be good to establish the run game too just because Devin Singletary's finally coming back off injury, um, get his gears going as well, and Frank Gore. Uh, did a really nice job. He really, I thought he was an underappreciated part of the win against the Titans on um, the last few drives when they were kind of just trying to grind out some clock. He had some really big runs in that game where for most of the game they were really shutting him down. So credit to him. Um, it's really nice that we're getting other players back too. Um, Ty Insecki looks like he's going to return. And finally, we're going to see Tyler Croft. Uh, great to see for him. Um, I think he's a really good dude. It's really um, sad that he was going to come back and play a few weeks ago and then got hurt again in practice. Um, he just had so many injuries, so it's finally going to be good um, to see him on the field. And I think he adds another dimension to this Bills offense, um, especially as a pass catcher. And I've been really impressed with what Dawson Knox has done so far. And um, Sweeney's had some decent moments. But, um, you know, Lee Smith, besides that touchdown last week against Tennessee, I'll be rare, it'll be rare if you see him catching a lot more passes. I think it was a good call by Dable to throw that package at the Titans just because Lee Smith isn't really known as a pass catcher, so he's going to be able to throw people off guard. Um, and I think Croft also helps, and he's going to allow Dawson Knox to get some more one-on-one -on -one matchups where Allen can give Knox a chance to just go up and make a play, and he's shown that um, throughout the season so far he can go and make some big plays and make contested catches, which I think is really big. Um, a few question marks coming into the game is Matt Milano and John Brown. I know John Brown pack, uh, excuse me, practiced in full um, the other day, but he had a hamstring groin issue pop up throughout the week at practice, so that was a little concerning, but it looks like he's going to go. Milano um, was limited all week. It'll be interesting to see um, if he's going to play just because 
uh, as I said before, not to take the Dolphins for granted, but this should be a win um, for the Bills, even if he didn't play. Um, so I wouldn't be overly shocked if Milano doesn't play, just to be cautious because they're going to need him going down the stretch. He's a very key component to the Bills' defense. However, I also wouldn't be shocked if he does, just based on the videos um, I saw of him in practice, his limited work, even though he did wear a white jersey most days instead of a red non-contact, and he was doing a lot of drill work. So I think he actually might be able to play, but um, Bills' 10th in uh, NFL in yards per game, 19th passing, 6th rushing attack. Um, we're third overall in defense, third in the pass, seventh in the rush. Um, I think it's just important. I think the offense really needs to carry this game, not that the defense. I think the defense is going to have a heck of a day. I wouldn't be surprised if they have three interceptions or three turnovers. But um, against a team like the Dolphins, the Bills should be putting up a minimum of three touchdowns on offense. Um, and if they don't do that, um, I'm going to be very concerned just because of the um, bad defense the Dolphins have. If you can't put up points against this defense, you're really going to struggle to put up against some of these better defenses going down the stretch. Um, in the end, obviously, I think the Bills are going to win. Um, I'm going to go with a score prediction of 31-7. to um, I think the Bills are going to absolutely blow them out. I think the Bills' defense is just that great. And I do expect a strong game from Josh Allen. We've seen him in his two previous games against the Dolphins. He's really dominated. He's put together two of his best games of his career including Week 17 last year when he had five touchdowns in that game. Um, I don't know if he'll have five again this week, but definitely be interesting to see how he does. And I think the Bills are going to go 5-1 and one here to start the season, and then a couple important more home games coming up before they start hitting the toughest part of their schedule with um, the Browns and the Cowboys, even though neither of those teams have been playing great as of late. Um, still a few weeks away before we see them. Um, so now going into the Sabres, um, I want to talk about what I think is going to happen once um, their full defensive core is healthy. Because right now you still have Zach Bogosian, Lawrence Pilot, and Brandon Montour out. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with the blue line once they come back. Um, I also think it's interesting what they're going to do with Jimmy VC, Evan Rodriguez, now that Connor Sheary's back healthy. Um, we saw in the last game, Against the Kings, um, the middle stat, Shiri and VC line produced um, two goals. And then middle stat also had a power play goal. So he had two goals for the game. Um, I think Jimmy VC has been a pretty big disappointment this season. Um, besides the last game, I thought he's honestly played very bad. Um, even Evan Rodriguez, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for him in the lineup, but he hasn't been doing anything special. Um, it's very tough to tell with those two. I think... Shiri adds a little bit more of an element that a lot of people don't really realize how effective he is. We just saw it in the last game, and we saw it in the first game of the season when Shiri scored two goals against Pittsburgh. That line was super effective. Um, I think Shiri and Middlestat have a lot of good chemistry. Um, it'll be interesting to see if VC and Rodriguez, if either one of them can um, gain some chemistry on that line, or if a few games down the road here, if it's not happening, maybe Tage Thompson gets a call back up. Um, and it's also interesting to see if um, they end up changing the top line with Olofsson, Eichel, and Reinhardt. Um, Olofsson's been a stud on the power play, but um, five-on-five play, uh, five five play has been um, a little lackadaisical. Um, not that Eichel and Reinhardt haven't played well, but I think Olofsson's had a little bit tougher time five-on-five five to really find his game. Not to say he's been playing bad because the Sabres are first in the Eastern Conference right now, so... 
definitely can't knock what Ralph Kruger and the team's doing overall. Um, I just wouldn't be surprised if maybe Sheary gets a shot at that top line, uh, or maybe Skinner gets moved up, Reinhardt gets moved down to another line to help a guy like Middlestat out more um, and help produce offensively. But right now, I think the way they're playing, I think they'll probably end up keeping it the same. Um, but for defensive pairings, um, my first thought that comes to mind is Montour is an automatic slot into your lineup. He's going to be playing top minutes. You acquired him last year from the Ducks for a reason. You were willing to give up Brendan Gooley for a reason. He's a pretty big prospect. Um, I'm interested to see who they play him with because there's a lot of talk about he'd play with um, Darlene just because they're both young and really can move the puck fast. But honestly, I've really liked the pair of Darlene and Miller. I think that veteran presence back there with him has really helped as it did last year when Bogosian played with him a little bit. So I really don't want to break up Colin Miller and Darlene. If anything, I'd be interested to see um, if Montour could play with Ristolainen. I think that actually be a pretty um, interesting combination. Um, the only problem with that is they're both more of offensive-minded defensemen, so maybe they'd put Montour with McCabe. Um, don't really know about that either. McCabe's actually been playing pretty well when him and Risto have played together, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept those two together either. Um, and I think the move is going to be Pilot's going to get sent back down to Rochester, um, kind of help him recover from his injury, get some playing time, and then I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the call up later in the season based on injuries or how well he's playing down there. Um, I think he's easily a second or third line um, pairing defenseman in the NHL. Um, and then Bogosian will be interesting. I think, if anything, Bogosian might slot in with McCabe um, and then Montour, Ristolain, and Dolly and Miller. And then that kind of leaves out uh, John Gilmore and Marco Scandella. Um, I think Scandella has actually played pretty decent this year. I've always been pretty hard on him. Um, I was never a big fan of him, but um, I have to admit he's played pretty well this year. Um, there have been a few games where he's been like really bad, but there's been um, mostly other games he's played pretty good. He's been jumping up in the play, um, pretty good stick movement in front of the net, making sure he's lifting the offensive player's sticks and giving Hutton and Allmark a good chance to see the puck. Um, I think if Scandella keeps playing this way, though, um, if they're going to make a trade with that crowded blue line, um, I think Scandella could be potentially who they move on from. He's on the last year of his contract. You know Winnipeg's still looking for a defenseman because of the whole Dustin Bufflin thing. If you can get Jack Roslovic or Nikolai Ehlers, even if you have to give up a prospect or a pick to do so, I think that really help bolster our second and third line. Um, if you get a guy like Ehlers, um, putting him on the second line with Skinner and Johansson would be great. And I know they're a big fan of Saboka um, still for some reason in Buffalo. Even though he's had some good moments defensively, still struggles offensively in my opinion. Um, he could get bumped down or they just move him or wave him or see what they ever want to do. Um, but even when Bogosian comes back, I think it's interesting because Okiyaru has been playing so well as well. Um, if anything... I wouldn't mind trying Okiaru and Montour together and then keep Ristolainen, McCabe, Miller, Darlene. Um, I think that'd probably be the way to go. And then Bogosian would move into your um, extra defenseman and then Gilmore might get bumped down to Rochester to get him some playing time. I know they're pretty high on him. Um, but it'd definitely be interesting to see what the Sabres are going to do off to a good start. Um, I think the defensive work has been a lot better than it was last year. 
Um, I think Ristolainen's actually played a ton better defensively. Um, I think he's more accountable for his zone and um, doing a good job of blocking shots. I think there's only been a few plays during the year that he um, emulates we did last year. He just makes a really bad decision, but um, I think all the defensemen have really improved. I think Darlene's actually struggled a little bit. Um, I think there's just a lot on his shoulders, a lot of expectations, but he'll definitely be okay. Um, I think he's also just getting adjusted to playing with a new line mate again, so not really too concerned about him either. Um, so now I'm talking about which start between the Bills and Sabres is more encouraging. So the Bills, as I mentioned before, are 4-1. Sabres right now are 6-1-1, and very early on in the season. Um, it's also kind of hard to judge this because the Sabres play 82 games, potentially more with playoffs, and then the Bills play 16 and then a little more with playoffs. Um, they're just two very different games, but um, so far I'd say I'm more encouraged by the Sabres just because um, the Bills are going into their third year with McDermott and Bean at the helm. Um, they had a vision of what they wanted to do. They made the playoffs their first year with Tyrod, drafted the quarterback of the future in Allen, developed him last year, um, still had a very strong defense, Rebulk that defense with Ed Oliver in the draft um, and let other guys like Saran, Neal, Deed, Marlowe, Trey White, Levi Wallace continue to develop. Same with Milano and Edmonds going into their second and third years. Um, and then offensively, they went out and addressed it in John Brown and Cole Beasley. So to me, going into this year, I had a lot of high expectations for the Bills. So this start so far, based on their schedule, is really not um, surprising to me. Um, but I'm more encouraged by the Sabres just based on the fact that um, they really were struggling after that 10-game win streak last year. Their games at the end of the season were so hard to watch. Um, it was just painful. They just couldn't do anything, um, especially with a new coach in Ralph Kruger, one who hasn't been around the NHL in a while. Um, I think a lot of people didn't expect a lot out of the Sabres. 6-1-1 um, is currently first in the Eastern Conference, third in the NHL. Um, they've scored a minimum three goals in all but one game this year, which I think is huge. Um, I think last year, especially down the stretch, we were really struggling to score goals and scoring three almost every game. It's a huge step up, and Carter Hutton and Allmark have been pleasant surprises so far. Hutton's been incredible, um, and I think their play has been more consistent. They still do have um, those periods where you're like, oh, man, they got dominated, or they're just turning the puck over too much, but... They're still winning some of those games, and a lot of time last year, I think, um, they would just give up and lose or get blown out right away. Um, and I just think that their power play has been so good so far. Um, and I think last year, because of that 10-game win streak, everyone was kind of like, oh, my God, that team was a fluke. Um, that team can't win 10 ever again in a row. That was kind of just a lucky thing. They won a lot of overtime games, one-goal games. And then you saw what happened after that, so they're not very good. So I think to come out and start the season 6-1-1, one, one, um, especially with a lot of the new players they have, I mean, they pretty much have an entire new blue line with Miller, um, Okiaru, and even Montour. Once he comes back, he wasn't here for that long last year. Um, and then, like, Johansson, VC, um, Olofsson, because he didn't really play up here last year. And those are all really important parts to your lineup. Um, so you're pretty much banking on them coming in and working, and if they don't work, well, you're pretty much in the same, if not worse, position than you are as last year. So um, I think it's working well so far. I think Mark Johansson's been incredible. Olofsson's been really good. 
Um, I think he'll start to find his five on game eventually. It's just taking some time. Um, still could see a little more from VC, but Okiaru has also been really good. Same with Miller on the back end. Um, and as I mentioned before, Hutton and Allmark have been really good in net. So I think the good start for the Sabres a little more encouraging just based on last year and the new coach and whatnot. Um, I think it's a good start for them. And I think this is pretty much the formula they need to keep following the rest of the season. Kind of take games in those stretches, those 8-9 to nine games. Sit down with the team. You need to get 5-6 wins in all of those games. Um, and just take it one game at a time. You could tell. You can just kind of tell there's a change in the locker room. I think Kruger or people that said Kruger can get the most out of his players is truly correct. Um, just even after that loss um, on the road against the Ducks after the Sabres dominated the entire first period and then kind of got pushed around and the Ducks got him out of their game with some physical play and kind of getting rough with them. Um, the players owned it and said that they got to get better. Um, and they all just said that's not our brand of hockey we want to play. Um, and we need to get back to what's working and stop trying to make too many extra passes and just stick with the game plan. Where I think last year, every time they interview guys in the locker room post game, it was always like, oh, the game got away from us. Um, we were kind of running around in shambles. We didn't know what we were doing. Where I think Kruger's done a nice job of establishing this is what we're supposed to do. This is how it's going to be. This isn't how, or it's not going to change. And I think the players have really bought into that. Um, and you can see it on the ice with their performance. Um, and their record so far. So I think it's really encouraging um, for the Sabres so far compared to the Bills overall, in my opinion. But obviously, in the end, Bills and Sabres are both doing well, so it's a good time to be um, a Buffalo fan right now. Hopefully, both teams can keep it going going forward. Um, I forgot to do my weekly pick em last week's podcast. Um, so this week, I'm going to be doing um, picking the 49ers over the Redskins um, because I missed my last week pick. I'll give myself a loss for that one. So now I'm four and one in my picks um, for the year. Um, so next week I'll be talking about um, NFL officiating, just all the flags and my thoughts on that. Um, what Patrick Mahomes' injury means for the playoff race and the AFC. We'll be talking some World Series, and then we'll be talking about some uh, NHL rookies. Look around the NHL, uh, which rookies are doing well, uh, which ones aren't, and who I think is going to win. Rookie of the Year in the NHL. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode, everyone. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all the support, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week, and you all tune in next week. Thanks, guys.